The Angels take the series from the Twins, score a 10 spot on Sunday. We're going to break down this weekend on today's Locked On Twins postcast. You are Locked On Twins postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. And welcome to a Sunday edition of our Lockdown Twins postcast. It's September 25th. I'm the host of Lockdown Twins, Nash Walker. You're with writer and reporter at Access Twins, Mr. Brandon Warren. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Do you believe in miracles? The Vikings did today, down 10 in the fourth quarter. They won. You can go bet live when there's games like that at betonline.net and make some money. It's the best place to get started. It is where the game starts. Brandon Warren, Twins lose the series to the Angels. They have not won a non-Royal series since that homestand against the Red Sox and Giants when they won both. The hat looks phenomenal. What's your takeaway? Yeah, thank you. I would um, – well, Cleveland clinched the division today, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm rocking the winter hat because it's time to start thinking about winter if you haven't already. But – it just was that that ending was emblematic of everything we've seen go wrong with the twins this season, especially down the stretch here. And I think too, we kind of, I kind of caught Trevor McGill, maybe venting some frustration in the direction of Hilberto Celestino on that pop-up or that kind of lazy fly to center. Not likely that he was going to catch it, but I think McGill was kind of upset. He didn't come up through into a base because of how it had to be played. And I think that's just kind of where guys are with Hilberto Celestino right now is he's just making too many mental errors for a guy who's in the big leagues playing center field. And again, it's all just part of a bigger thing where it's like the twins have just completely fallen apart and are a shell of what we may have remembered from back in April and May. I get it. I get it because we've watched it all year, the problems with Celestino. I also think like Trevor McGill gave up five runs today. His ERA is at 491. Like I understand I understand his frustration. He's got to do his job too, right? And we haven't seen that from Trevor McGill, uh, it feels like, in a long time. Do you see any role for him on this team next year, Brandon? I think he – I mean, it's hard to say because we've seen lesser relievers taken off the roster – or I mean better relievers. I think Oliver Drake comes to mind a few years ago, and he went on to have some decent seasons with the Rays. So it's always tricky to say. Matt Whistler is another one. Like you just you don't know. I think Whistler was arbitration eligible though, and, and McGill's not. But it'll be curious to see because if he's back on the team next, I don't have any problem with him being a guy who just kind of um, you know throws the crap out of the ball and might figure it out. I think the stuff is there. But, um, you know, he, he's not going to be on any sort of priority list for me for big innings. And I don't know where he's at options-wise next year. But if he started at St. Paul, I wouldn't have a problem with that either. Week and a half to go. Nine games left. Three three-game series. Twins have an off day Monday. Then the White Sox, six out of their last night against the White Sox. But you mentioned, Brandon, Cleveland clinched the Central today. They have won 18 of their last 21 games. That is incredible to me. 18 of their last 21 I didn't see it coming. Did you see this coming from Cleveland in September? Absolutely not, but it's taking care of business when it needed to be done, and that's what good teams do. That's what winning teams do, and that's what teams who can make noise in the playoffs do. And you don't have to build a super team to win a division. I think we all get tied up in the idea 
that the Twins have to have five very good starters and a strong bullpen and great hitters at every position. Teams come together at the right time. Now, it certainly helps to go out and get a Carlos Correa. It also certainly helps if Byron Buxton, Jorge Polanco, and Ryan Jeffers can stay healthy. And you know what? Cleveland was 10-1 to 1 coming into this season to win the division. Sometimes that's just how it goes, and you got to take your, uh, I guess, take your hat off to Cleveland because they, they've been a team of destiny all season long. And I, I don't expect them to make noise in October, but if they did, who would it surprise? It shouldn't surprise anyone. Bree says, shout out to Ronnie Henriquez. Four scoreless yeah. innings yeah. in relief for Ronnie Henriquez. Ronnie came over in the Isaiah Connor Falefa Mitch Garver deal. And uh, I saw our friend Matt Braun tweeted this, but it could end up being the Ronnie Henriquez trade after uh, Connor Falefa went over to New York. He's had a decent season, but nothing to write home about. And then Garver, of course, uh, elbow surgery ended his season. But what'd you like out of Ronnie Henriquez? And, and let's group in his first outing in Cleveland as well. Yeah, I mean, he just keeps you in the game. And whether his future is, I mean, I don't think his future is in this role. So I don't know if he might work shorter stints or, or what exactly. And maybe it will. I mean, if they continue to build rotations the way they have, having a guy like Ronnie Enriquez is helpful. You know, if Dylan Bundy's going out there giving you three innings, uh, three and a third innings. But I think he's got more value than that. And I've been impressed. I think he was quite a find. And to... Um, I don't know. I mean, do you do you think there's any chance Kiner Falefa is this team shortstop to open next season? And the reason I say that is because the Twins clearly thought enough to acquire him, right? And I don't know. Do the Yankees could the Yankees bring him back? I feel like he's kind of worn out his welcome with the fans. He's had a reasonable season. He's decent defensively, makes some contact, but I feel like Yankee fans have just had enough to the point where they'd be fed up if he comes back next year for them. It's a really good point. Something we'll watch this offseason. Ronnie Henriquez was born on June 20th of 2000. So he's no thanks. years old. June 20th of 2000. Um, he is, he's a couple months younger than me, which is, that's that's crazy that, you know, he showed up this year and Tom Froming tweeted it out and said he's the youngest pitcher to debut this year in Major League Baseball. Uh, so there could be more there with Ronnie, Brandon. I'm pretty sure I was between... Eighth and ninth grade that summer that he was born. So um feeling a little gray beardy right now. But yeah, I mean it they got some they have some young guys who can come up and help. Enriquez, um, Simeon Woods Richardson is probably younger than people realize. So I, I like where they're at talent-wise, but they have to figure out how to keep guys healthy. And I don't know if it was all just coming to a head at once, or if there is something severely wrong with the medical or strength and conditioning staff. But that's something they have to iron out and fast because that's the difference between, I mean, I guess Emilio Pagan and Cleveland is also part of it. But um, that's a, that's the difference between this team being eliminated right now and right in the thick of it. So six out of the last nine are against the White Sox. And what nice. this has become, unfortunately, nice. What this has become, unfortunately, is a battle for second place. The Twins are 12 games out of first. The White Sox are 10 out of first. This is, I can't believe it, it looks like this, but six of their last nine. They have an opportunity to finish in second, Brandon, for as much as that means. I think it means more that it's the White Sox. It would be awesome for them to finish third. But I guess we can kind of look at that. You know, these six of last nine. Get excited. It's the AL Central midoff. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't know if I see either of these teams really wanting to win these games. And it's not about draft position. It's just a matter of these games right now are being managed like 
if there was a love child between a regular season game and a spring training game. Like you're playing guys consistently. You're not pulling guys after three, four innings to send them off back to their condos. But at the same time, they're not being played with the same urgency of big league games. And part of part of that to me is unsettling when the season ends for a team that's not contending. And it used to be worse because they'd have the entire 40 man up and you'd be having guys pinch running and then a lefty coming in to face a lefty in the seventh inning of a game that you don't even know what the guy's name is. And that's guys like you and me who follow this team very closely. So I like that they've pared it down to 28 guys, but I don't know. I just get unsettled by the way these games feel down the stretch where you're just kind of going through the motions. And fortunately for, for twins fans, for the most part, the last couple of years, um, those games have come later in the season. Some teams start doing these in July. I mean, can you imagine that again? Yeah. No, thanks. It was bad last year. I will say the twins last year finished 30 and 29, I believe over their last 59. So this is a much worse finish, much better start, kind of a flip almost. But they'll have this a is a death record. March. This yeah. is a death march. It's a death march. It really is. They'll have a better record than last year, but I think there's a question, Brandon. Like, how much better is it actually going to be? Like, how many? The Twins right now have 73 wins, and they have nine left: three at Detroit, three at Chicago, and three at home against Chicago. Where, where would you put them uh, in the win total? Do you think six and six, or what? Do you, I mean, 75, 76. Uh, I'll say three wins the rest of the way. So that's 77 and 85. Yep. Oh, they have I mean, seven. So they have seventy-four wins right now. Seventy-four and seventy-nine. So I'd gotcha, say seventy. Okay. I'm gonna go seventy-seven, eighty-five. Which is like, congratulations, you are the Los Angeles Angels. You're not bad enough to have a high draft pick. You're not good enough to get anywhere near October, and you're not really making anybody excited. And um, I mean, if we have another minute or two here, I know people too have talked about um, what this means for this front office and this managerial staff. And uh, I feel like nobody's in danger right now, nor should they be. But if the Twins start out to the point where they're five games under on June 1st next year, um, I think you have to start thinking about making some changes. And I think you have to start thinking about what the future of this team looks like because I love the process. I like the ideas, but it's just not meshing with how baseball works right now. That would be like two and a half seasons of losing, right? Yeah. That would be like two and a half yeah. seasons where you're not – it's not happening, and they didn't win a playoff game in 20. They didn't win a playoff game in 19. It all adds up. Yeah. It's just wholly inspiring, uninspiring, excuse me, baseball for parts of three seasons to that point. No playoff wins. The pitching pipeline is lagged a little behind, although I'm higher on it than most. And you're just not matching process and results over a long enough stretch where it's like, okay, we love the analytics, but how do we make those into a, a successful marriage between analytics and how baseball is played? Brandon, thank you. Reese, thank you. Ethan, the sportsman, thank you. And thanks, yes. everybody, always for watching. We got nine games left. We're going to finish strong. Brandon, thanks. Skull Vikes, good win. Ugly. <laughs> Twin, twins lose ugly. <laughs> they lost ugly. Brandon, thanks. We'll talk soon.